Hey everyone, I'm your host, Alex Taylor, co-founder of Parallel. Welcome to Parallel Lives, a podcast where we learn about the tireless yet vibrantly challenging role the women we admire most live in parallel to their careers and personal pursuits, becoming and being a mom. Today's episode is with Trinity Muzon Wooford, the founder of the superfood wellness brand Gold. This conversation really hit home for me and I found her insight tremendously impactful. I even cried. We talked about her mother's autoimmune and how that was a catalyst for her mission to democratize wellness for all, how she became her own health advocate as an expectant black mother, getting married at five weeks postpartum, and how she's embracing her new role as a mom and bringing that into how she shows up as a leader. She is incredibly wise, and I hope you enjoy our chat. Trinity, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you, Alex. It's a pleasure. I am a huge fan of yours and the brand that you've built and all that you do. I also totally stalked your wedding on Vogue. It was beyond. (laughs) It was so beautiful. Everyone needs to check it out. It was so gorgeous. I would love to start this conversation out just to me starting in a place that seems to have inspired where you are today. The story behind your brand gold actually starts with your own mother and her health and wellness journey, if if I'm mm-hmm. correct. Can you tell me a little bit about the story that led to your career and ultimately the founding of your amazing wellness brand gold? I did not grow up with plans to be a wellness entrepreneur. I actually did from a pretty early age want to go off to medical school. And that point of inspiration came from my mom. I was raised by a single parent with a pretty severe autoimmune disease. My mother has had rheumatoid arthritis um, for as long as I can remember. And, you know, if you know anyone that's impacted by that, you know, like, or really autoimmune conditions in general, they can be extremely debilitating. So, you know, I grew up with memories of my mom, you know, pretty much bedridden. And as an only child, the single parent, you know, you really you take that on, it's heavy. And so when I was a teenager, uh, my mom switched over to seeing this more holistically minded physician and saw this incredible improvement in her symptoms. It was really like night and day. And so he had her on, you know, a special diet and special supplements, but the real, you know, big shift there from sort of the, the more traditional care was really looking at her holistically as a person, thinking about really her well-being in total. So this was the first time that I noticed a difference with her. And that was where I said, this is my career path. This is what I want to do. I'm going to go off to medical school. I'm going to practice medicine through this sort of holistic lens. So all was well. I went off to NYU. I was pre-med there until um, I think it was around like my junior year, I found out from my mom that she actually had to stop seeing that doctor because she just couldn't afford it anymore. Oh, oh, it's heartbreaking and frustrating. And just, I can't imagine how you must have felt and how she must have felt. Wow. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you feel a bit powerless. I had the sense of so much possibility and, and like excitement about not only what my mom was experiencing with this doctor, but what I would be able to accomplish following a similar career path. And suddenly, you know, at the age of like 20, 21 years old, all that kind of got blown open. 
And I realized that there was this missing piece of accessibility that I didn't want to, I didn't want to go forward without, I didn't want to do something in wellness just for the people that could afford care without Mm -hmm. insurance. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you wanted to democratize that and and bring that forward with gold. Tell us more about gold. It's such a special and beautiful brand. Thank you. I always love getting compliments on the brand, especially because, you know, I'll get into more of this, but my partner Issei and I, we do all the design in-house pretty much. Uh, So like the branding, the packaging, that is us. Wow. You are both very good at what you do. It's it's amazing. It's so beautiful. Wow. You also learn a lot about what you're not good at. um, Yes. (laughs) You definitely do. The list is long on my end. Yes. Uh, But so gold is a, um, for those who who don't know, gold is a a superfood health and beauty brand. So we do all sorts of different superfood blends to help you look and feel your best. Um, We started with one product, a a turmeric blend for, um, you know, everything from gut balance to skin health and really expanded from there. So now we have matcha, functional mushrooms, vegan Mm -hmm. collagen, you name it. Wow. Is the foundation of this, it's reminding me of Ayurveda and some more alternative practices. Was that inspired by what ultimately supported and helped your mom with her rheumatoid arthritis? For sure. I mean, turmeric was actually a really big one for her because turmeric is so anti-inflammatory. So it's incredible for autoimmune conditions. And so that was really where I had the inspiration to start exploring superfoods more and where I started playing around with putting things in my smoothies and notice this difference in my skin, in my immunity, um, and saw that there was this really amazing opportunity to get this stuff into the hands of people like me who hadn't necessarily seen themselves represented in the wellness space, didn't know if it was for them, so to speak. So yeah, I mean, you you kind of, you hit it on the head with this piece of democratization. That's really yeah. what the brand has always been about. And what's one of the ways that you've done that beyond kind of pricing? Like, tell us about some of the partners and where you retail and how that's be, to me, that's such a reflection of your mission, which is to make wellness accessible. Yeah. Our biggest retail partner for sure is Target. <laughs> so cool. My goodness. And I believe you're the youngest person to have your product also merchandised in Sephora. Is that right? Yes. We have partnered with Sephora mm-hmm. as well. So, wow. I mean, it's it's been a really interesting journey for us because I didn't start gold with the vision of being on the shelves of retailers across the country. Uh, We started very humbly. Um, It was just myself and my partner blending up superfoods by hand. And we found that as our brand got out there and our mission spread, you know, more and more folks wanted more access to this. And so as we've been able to grow, we've really been focused on how we can bring our products to as many people as possible, because that power of, of having superfoods in your routine, mm-hmm. having that little ritual, it's it's amazing. It's amazing. Turmeric in and of itself is an incredible superfood. And then you layer in so many of the other herbs and mushrooms that you're working with. And it's amazing. I've seen massive changes in my own health. I also have an autoimmune 
and have found, you know, mm. many of those things to be supportive through my journey. So you've been building this business. How far in were you when you started a family or started to think about that? Ruby was born in July of 2022. We started the business in January of 2017. So we were wow. we were five plus years okay. in on the entrepreneurial journey when I found out that I was pregnant and then when, you know, Ruby actually came. Yeah. So we definitely, the business predates parenthood. And so where were you with the business when you saw those, you know, positive lines on your pregnancy test? Like what was happening <laughs> with the brand? Like, was it a convenient time to be having a baby? Like what was going on? I don't think there's a convenient time to Never. have a baby. I think it's a myth. <laughs> it um, is, totally. It was a bit of a surprise in okay. a good way. Yeah. And it was the most wonderful thing. It was such an earth-shifting moment for me. I was actually at that point in kind of a heavy place emotionally and, and mentally. Our business had seen tremendous growth in the pandemic and you know the people wanted to invest in their wellness they wanted to support black owned businesses and so that was phenomenal but it also meant that there was suddenly a lot of pressure on me and a lot of attention on me as this sort of figurehead for black entrepreneurship which on one on, on one hand is incredible but that sort of, you know, being under a microscope like that was not something that I was used to. I'm not used to being a, a sort of, you know, quote unquote, public figure. Yes, yes. And when my partner and I first started Gold, again, it was just the two of us. We were sort of creating in our own little vacuum, which felt really easy and freeing. But I don't know if you felt this too, but as you start to have more eyes on you, more pressure, it can get hard to stay in that really sort of lighthearted place yes. around oh the goodness. brand. Yes, absolutely. And that's ultimately the magic of what created and is going to grow the brand and bring it forward. Mm -hmm. So when I found out that I was pregnant, I was actually really in need of a moment of delight. I needed the universe to surprise me. Yeah. Oh, that's and beautiful. that was what I got. I, I got this this feeling of, you know, after feeling the sense of like day in and day out, here we go. Like all of a sudden I was thrown the most beautiful curveball. Oh, that's so beautiful. I love your perspective on that, too. That's so refreshing. Life on yeah. life's terms, you know, and it it always makes sense in the end. And you never know kind of why these things happen. But it was. It sounds like it was just kind of this moment of delight and probably yeah. a moment to ground yourself in what's important at this time, too, feeling those pressures. 100%. And so at this moment in your life, and I guess just reflecting back, did you always know that you wanted to be a mother? Was that always kind of something you envisioned for yourself? I don't know that I overtly envisioned it for myself, but as I look back, I think in hindsight, yes. Um, I've always been a natural leader, a nurturer, um, and so I see that now in my behavior as a mom. All of that really lends itself. I do think I was always kind of built for it, um, but I don't know that, you know, 
as a teenager, I was thinking about, oh, I can't wait to have a family. But certainly, you know, I, I've been with my, my now husband, um, Issei, for several years at that point. And, and at a certain point, we knew we wanted a family. We thought it would happen eventually. And it happened a little sooner than we thought. <laughs> yeah. No, it's beautiful. It's wild when there's this big moment that you know is somewhere in your future and it's a bit ambiguous and then you're yeah. suddenly just standing at the precipice of this moment you're yes. like, oh my god it's it's happening ah, yeah, you know it's, it's pretty here. overwhelming it's it sounds like when you found out you were pregnant there was this surge of delight and wonder and excitement but when you started to think about where you were with your business and the responsibility mm. also of being a highly visible black entrepreneur and successful yeah. person did you have any fear about delivering what you've built and continuing with your commitment to gold and the community at large? Yes, I did. And simultaneously, I knew that it was that life shift that was going to allow me to move into whatever the next stage of my relationship with the business was going to be. Like, I, it felt like this was happening right on time for where I was in my personal life, in, you know, my place as a founder and CEO. And so I knew that it was going to call into question all of that, but I knew that I kind of needed that. Wow. So yes. That's beautiful. That's so incredible. So the time you were pregnant, how was your pregnancy? And tell me a little bit about what your support system looked like. I won't say that my pregnancy was without any sort of drama, but mm -hmm. I did really enjoy it. Oh, good. I just, it was a magical time. It was a special time. And I think, I don't know, you know, I, I, I'm sure you've heard it all, but I, I feel like I, I hear so much, you know, real talk about like how hard it is to be pregnant. And yes, it's hard, but I also, there's... I found it to be so delightful overall. And, and I think it's important to also celebrate how good it can be if it is good for you. So I I'm, agree. I'm really glad to, to look back on that time and say, oh my gosh, that was amazing. That is so good to hear. Pregnancy can be really wonderful and a delightful time and a, a, an experience that is just filled with awe and wonder at what our bodies are capable of. Mm -hmm. um, but that's so, so good to hear. And, mm -hmm. and tell me a little bit about your support system. What did that look yeah. like? My partner Issei is incredible. Um, he already is the primary cook in our household. So that was not on my list of to do's, which was great. Yes. <laughs> And I was very well fed throughout that time, even in the first trimester when the only thing that I could stomach was oatmeal oh, and broth. Oh my I gosh. Just, I was a toast yeah. girl, like nothing else. <laughs> but morning sickness or we should rebrand it here, here and now. Yes. You heard it first. No, it's, it's like not. all day sickness. <laughs> all the live long day. Yes. Yes. I, no. I've heard that 85% of women in their first trimester experience some form of morning sickness and it's it's wild so you had, yeah. a, you had a, a bit of a touch and go in terms of it sounds like some sickness in the first trimester 
Yeah, it was, I was nauseous for just like weeks and weeks and weeks. I couldn't even go in the grocery store at all. Like just the, like seeing food, smelling food, any of it was like completely unacceptable to me. And then, yeah. And then I had forgotten about this, but I just remembered that um, I also had this like terrible taste in my mouth. Really? What did your did you ask your doctor? Or did you have? Yeah, I okay. googled it, you yeah. know, and like it turns, it's a thing. I don't Is know, it? but like, yeah. Wow. And I found that I was craving a lot of orange juice, and it said that like something about this bad taste in your mouth. It's uh -huh. like relieved from like acidic, acidic foods or something. That drove me nuts. Like oh I was nauseous, goodness. and I had a disgusting taste wow. in my mouth. And how long did that last for? I mean, it must have been a couple of months. Like, okay. So it wasn't the whole pregnancy, but it was a no, little like, welcome no. to pregnancy. Here's an icky taste in your mouth and you're going to feel nauseous well, all day. You know, <laughs> everyone tells you, they say, oh, it'll all go away after the first trimester. And I was like, I don't know. I'm really in the thick of it here. But it pretty much did. Yeah. And yeah, I remember good. like just hitting that like 12 weeks or whatever and noticing the shift, noticing my energy coming back. And just being able to enjoy the process yeah. wow. a lot more. Wow. So that's beautiful. Yeah. yeah, it's it's wild. I had pretty bad morning sickness with my first and second, but on my with my first, it went away like clockwork on, you know, week twelve. So hopefully anyone listening who's experiencing it will go away quickly. Yes. Um did you did you find any support in any of your gold products when you were in that chapter? Yes, I did. So, you know, there were a few things that I couldn't do or that just didn't have enough research on them, you know, to say for certain that, you know, it was okay. But the things that I continued to lean on throughout pregnancy. So I used our matcha a lot because I wasn't really doing coffee, but matcha has a much more gentle bit of caffeine in it that I felt was really just the right amount to kind of give me the burst to get me through the day. So matcha was great. And then also I was using our coconut collagen boost, which is a vegan collagen support product. So I credit that with like a relative lack of stretch marks from like the whole process end to Sign end. Me I up. don't know, but <laughs> you heard it here. We got it. That is a must. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. So those products really helped you. Did you uh, see an OBGYN? Did you have a doula midwife? We mm -hmm. always love to hear kind of what that looks like for our guests as well. Yeah. So that was quite the journey for me. Um, I I started out in a pretty traditional obstetrics practice, planned on having, you know, a hospital birth, getting an epidural, like all that good stuff. I don't consider myself to ha have a high pain tolerance. Okay. So the idea of doing anything naturally was like, I don't think so. Yeah. And then w what ended up happening was I started having these experiences with that practice that made me less and less confident with like the quality of care that I was receiving. Interesting. Were you just not feeling heard or getting the information you needed? This is a very common problem with expectant Black women. And yes. yeah, so tell me more about that experience and what rubbed you wrong. So there were a few things that did not work for me. And I think I had a, you know, I had that gut feeling from the beginning, but it took more for me to finally say, okay, this isn't right. 
first of all, I know that a lot of practices work this way and I know that it can work for people, but the practice that I was in had many midwives and physicians and you rotated through all of them. And their goal was to have you see each person at least once before your due date. Huh. Okay. So that whomever showed up when you were there to, to have your baby, you had ideally met them at least once. And for me, I felt meeting someone at least once and then like rolling the dice and seeing who I get is not a comfortable scenario for That's me. That's very fair. That's very fair. So that was the first thing that just didn't really work for me. And then the other thing that happened that was more kind of like push things over the edge was we ended up getting a, a flag back um, from, you know, one of our diagnostic tests saying that, you know, our, that Ruby might have um, some sort of a, a spinal defect, which could be pretty severe. And so if anyone has been through this, you know that it's at least a couple of weeks of like total agony while you're waiting for the results. You're being brought in for level two ultrasounds to double check everything. And so we went through that whole process, but it turned out that the reason why that result had been flagged on my end was because they had been reading the result as if I was a white woman and not a black woman. And black women have higher result, uh, like levels of whatever this reading is. So I was still actually in the normal range and shouldn't have been flagged at all. And so that was just where I really felt the sense of like, I am not getting care that's personalized to Absolutely me and not. I'm at risk. Yes, that is a very valid place to be at this point. And that is shocking. And also, as we know that health is so nuanced between genders, I mean, that is very interesting to know. So where did you go from there? And how did you figure out where to go? I had a very good friend who had done a home birth. And that kind of been like off to the side for me, like, oh, you know, wasn't so sure about that seemed a little crazy. And then at the same time, though, I had bought and was reading this book, Ina Mae Gaskin's Guide to Childbirth. Um, and for anyone who doesn't know, Ina Mae is like the, the end all be all. <laughs> the go to. Yeah. I, I've, so many people refer to this book on this podcast. Yes. It's a good Amazing. one. Yes. Ugh. Okay. So, so you're reading this book. So I'm reading this book, which talks a lot about home births or, you know, uh, what, you know, Ina May calls normal births, births outside of like a traditional hospital system. And I was also talking to my friend who had recently had her son at home. And I started to think, you know, maybe this is actually the right thing for me. Maybe this is the level of care that I'm looking for. I'm looking for more of the, the midwifery model. And so my friend introduced me to Michelle Doyle, um, who ended up being my midwife, and I adored her from, wow. from the very moment. Wow. It was like a connection, uh -huh. and I just knew that I was yes. safe, which yes. felt so important. Huge. That's vital. I mean, this is the most important moment for many women in their health life, in our lives in general, and to feel mm -hmm. properly supported and seen and someone we can trust is essential. So did she function as both kind of a midwife and a doula through this experience? Or did you bring in a doula? 
midwives mm-hmm. obviously have a, a different role. So tell me a little bit about that too. Yeah. So I really just worked with my midwife throughout the remainder of the pregnancy and the uh, actual delivery. She had the right sort of... I didn't feel that I was missing anything by not having a doula. You know, I, I, I felt that she was very comprehensive in that sort of coaching piece of it. Um, and even like that piece of kind of like the energy work of just like being able to make sure that I was in the right space for giving birth. So I really just leaned on leaned on her wow. throughout the process. That's amazing. And so did you end up delivering at home? I did. You did? <laughs> oh, amazing. And was yeah. it relatively a smooth birth? How how did you feel about it? It was it went very smoothly. It was it was the most special thing that's ever happened in my life. I I don't know if anything else will. You know, it was months of preparation, physical preparation, emotional preparation, uh, preparing your home, right? Everything to get ready for this. And in the end, what I felt was, and what my midwife had sort of coached me through was that, you know, the biggest thing that you have to do is just let your let yourself get out of the way of the process that is unfolding as it should. And for me, I don't know, like as a Capricorn, et cetera, like I like to control things and to be able to just totally relinquish that was magic. Incredible. It's wild how the experience of motherhood forces us to look at life differently and ourselves and how we how we are and who we are in the world. And that's yeah. amazing that that process sounds like it started for you before you know little babe arrived. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I do think that I was really fortunate with the quality of care that I received. And I think that, you know, you asked about the support system. You know, of course I had my partner, but I also really felt that I had my my midwife as well coaching me through what I had to be prepared for. And one thing that I remember even, I asked her, like, what exercises should I be doing before labor or whatever? And she said, one thing that you actually should do in your life right now is practice spontaneity because that's going to help you in going through the labor process of needing to be in the moment, needing to switch things up, whatever, just not panicking if something happens differently than you were expecting. But also that is a skill that you will use forever. (laughs) As As you're saying this, I'm like, wait a minute. There's like the spontaneity of like, yeah, we don't get to go do a fun date night. But there's the spontaneity of like everything in parenthood is spontaneous. You have to figure out how to, you know, handle certain conversations or situations. And it's nothing. There's no rule book. That is such amazing advice. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. It sounds like you got a real gem, too. I did. That's so cool. That's so cool. So I'm so glad to hear you had a really positive birth experience. Let's shift gears. You know, when a woman goes from being a woman into being a mom, that transition is called matrescence. And it is Mm -hmm. actually a time of the greatest physical, chemical, mental shift in our lives ever. 
-hmm. everything changes. And there's a lot of science that's happening in our body. And it's a massive shift. And I want to zoom in on that a little bit and really center it on you and your experience. What were those early days of postpartum like for you? As you were saying that, I thought back to a very specific memory, which is probably about three days postpartum. I had had an easy-ish delivery, um, and I was recovering at home, and I pushed myself a little too hard in those first few days because I felt like everything was going so well. Um, I wasn't staying off my feet, whatever. At the same time, my milk was coming in, and I ended up with a really gnarly fever, uh, pretty sick in bed. And I remember, you know, I was having these crazy flu-like symptoms and I was in bed and I think, uh, you know, my, my husband brought Ruby up to me um, because obviously I still needed to nurse her. And I'm like managing to pull myself up out of bed to nurse this baby. And I was like, whoa this is it. This is that moment of motherhood wherein I'm the only person who's available to provide this support to my daughter right now. doesn't matter how I'm feeling. I have to be there. Oh my God, I'm crying. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's so true. You realize like the magnitude of the responsibility. Yeah. And it's all on you. Wow. Yeah. That is a big moment. Yeah. And it's interesting because, you know, I, I run my business with my partner and um, he was so excited when he found out that we were having a kid. And, and I tend to take more of the lead sort of CEO role with the business. So he had told me, listen, like, I will take the lead with the baby. Don't worry about it. And in so many ways, you know, he he has as much as he can, but when you are the mother and if you're breastfeeding, you're the exclusive source of, of nourishment for your baby. Yeah. There is a level of you being the final resource that is incomprehensible until you're yeah. in that moment. Yeah. It's so true. It's so true. There's such a, a physicality to it and the mental load that comes with that. Yeah. And in that moment or in those following days thereafter, did you look at yourself differently? Did you feel different about like who you were inside? It's a good question. Yeah, I think I think I did. I mean, I think in some ways I wasn't looking at me or thinking about me as you know, I was so you're, you know, you so zeroed in on baby baby baby. Yeah. That you almost like you like catch your reflection in the mirror and you're like, yes. "Oh, who is that person again?" Yes. That's a moment that stayed with me because I think you just summed it up. We're so caught up in baby that when we finally look at ourselves, we're like, wait a minute, <laughs> this is a different person and I'm, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to like her. We're, we're going to get on fine, but I've been through something yeah. that has completely shifted my world. When did, did that moment just kind of rear its head at a certain point? Like, did it come to you when you were out in the world with baby or was it kind of a, you know, catching yourself in the mirror? It's interesting because I loved my pregnancy and I remember 
the interesting thing about pregnancy is like all the attention is on you, even if it's not real. Like it's really on the baby, but yeah, you're the but... one with the baby. <laughs> so everyone is sort of like fawning over you. And then there's this shift where it's all been completely um, shifted to the baby at your attention as well. I think there were just, there are moments where, you know, you're literally catching your reflection and, and also just saying like, who's, what's in these eyes, you know, how does your body look? I mean, there's so much, right? Um, and then there's also just the new way that you interact with people, which is that now when I walk into a room, typically, my daughter's on my arm and everyone's, oh, you know, going to the baby. They're not, they don't see you as much. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's, it's many experiences that you're sort of witnessing in real time. And just this different sense of place here, yeah, you know, and in the room and whether it be with your business, your partner, your family. So I want to talk a little bit more about your postpartum experience. What else was going on for you? What else was happening in your world during this chapter? I was in the middle of a fundraise for gold, which is always fun. So it sounds like you didn't take maternity leave? No. And, you know, I have a lot to say about that. Yeah. Okay. We'll come back to that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But, yeah, so the business was definitely still – I was in the thick of it with the business – and also, Issei and I were planning our wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So, and we had blocked a date for when I would be five weeks postpartum. I remember, you know, I asked my mother and Issei's mother, my mother in law, do you think like six ish weeks postpartum, is that going to be okay? What do you think? They're like, you'll be fine. You're going to find your dress. Don't, don't you worry. <sighs> Let me tell you. You are a very new mama at that point. <laughs> at three-ish weeks postpartum, with uh, Ruby was classically first baby. She was a week late. So instead of being, you know, six weeks, um, it was it was five weeks. So by three-ish weeks postpartum, I had two weeks until the wedding and I had like nothing together. Wow. I was... I was filled with a lot of feelings about oh, having been goodness. told that I, it was going to be fine. <laughs> so much pressure. I mean, first of all, you're already a new mom. That's insane. Yeah. You have a company, yeah. but also a wedding on top of it. That's huge. So what yeah. did you do? Did you keep the date or did you postpone? Or? We kept the date. Good uh, for you. Oh my goodness. Wow. Yeah. I mean, well, I, I had to go through with it at a certain point and I was nervous. I was stressed out. I also, you know, I, I like I, I had a different body too. You know, I mean, like you're putting on this dress that you tried on before. I, I was different. pregnant when I tried the dress on, but I was barely showing and your postpartum, everything's soft and things um, end up in different places. <laughs> Yes, that they was the do. Case for me. Yes, and so you know, it was just it. It was an intense moment to feel like there was going to be attention on me. And to your point, Alex, about this transition into motherhood, you're not really ready for that yet because you're still in the zone of everything on baby. Yes, yes. And so now true. you're going in. I was going into bride mode. Yes. 
And wow. I was like, I don't even care what I look like. I don't want to do this. This is too hard. Oh my God, that is so much. And just the dissonance <laughs> between those two things, I just can't. <laughs> so how did you get through that? Because that's a lot to manage. Do you have like a like, do you have some type of mindfulness practice? Because also, like, <laughs> mentally, like, that's, like, a very heavy load to carry. Newborn, wedding. Yeah. I think I just, I think I made my way through it. I think there were absolutely moments where I thought I had made a terrible mistake and I should have pushed it back. I remember even telling um, my husband this a couple of times, saying, like, we, like, this is the wrong time. We should have done this later now is not the time i'm not ready oh and you know what i'm just remembering this in the weeks leading up to the wedding you know everyone was like getting haircuts and going down i live upstate going down to the city to like you know get their suits fitted pick out a dress whatever i didn't get to have any of those moments and that's part of the experience and so i was i was angry i was upset i you know whatever all this to say, we went through with it and it was the most wonderful thing. The timing was fine. In, in fact, it was great in a lot of ways. And for all my fear that an excess amount of attention was going to be on me, it wasn't on me. It was on the five-week-old baby. That was- yes, there you go. <laughs> Leave it to a baby to steal the show at a wedding. But it's true. It's true. Well, I'm glad that kind of took off a little bit of that edge and that angst. My goodness, you are (laughs) a real warrior. My goodness. That's a lot to do in this stage of life. But good for you. I mean, that's amazing. (laughs) Now you can just be like, I've done it all. (laughs) Start a company, baby, marriage. No big deal. (laughs) Just a few things. Crossing them off the list. Mm -hmm. That's tremendous. That's amazing. So... In this postpartum stage, did you ever experience you know, postpartum depression or anxiety or anything like that? So depression and anxiety are not new to me. I actually felt that through the first six weeks or so, I felt actually in a pretty wonderful place, generally speaking. And I think having that sense of purpose around the baby really helped me. So I I think that was great. I think that where I definitely felt myself stumble or or struggle was in really getting fully back to work, which was a very fast transition for me. And I think that was where at times I just felt completely overloaded by the amount of everything that was responsibility. Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, I started my company when I was my my brand technically launched when I was eight months pregnant. And, you know, like a month and a half later, I had my baby. And the reality is I couldn't take a maternity leave. Right. (laughs) There was two people at the company, me and my co-founder. So how did you navigate that as, you know, founder, CEO, new mom? Of course, Mm -hmm. we want to set an example for our team, but there's also like the necessity of running, keeping the business going and you have commitments there. Mm -hmm. How how did that go? Like you said, you didn't take a maternity leave, it sounds like. Tell us a little bit more about that. So I say that I didn't take a leave. I did. I took a few weeks, but I don't 
think that that you know yeah same adds up to <laughs> you know what we, what you would sort of expect i i took i think in total it was two and a half or maybe three weeks of not being online and so if anything was urgent or we were needed um you know the team had our our cell phones and you know we would communicate that way uh check email occasionally I think I took like one Zoom call during that time because there was an agency that we were onboarding and I didn't want to miss it. And that that was great. And then from there, there was sort of like a transitional period where uh, we were in fewer meetings, but we were in some meetings, we were generally online. And then it was after the wedding. So after six weeks, we were fully back. And it felt okay. I will say now being six months out from having a newborn, in many ways, it was easier in those first weeks back because Ruby was still so small and so sleepy that I could totally show up to a Zoom call with her in my arms, you know, like yep. those days are long gone. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Six months, she's up and at it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it doesn't get easier. The amount of times no, my kids crash Zoom calls. It doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so hard. And to b- draw that boundary because you want to be a present parent but also you have a company to run and to show up yeah. for. So yeah. how how is it going now? I know I hate to talk about balance because I think it's BS. It doesn't exist. Yeah. It's like we have to prioritize what's important in this moment. So how are you currently managing this massive role and responsibility with gold and being a new mom? Six-month mark. At the six-month mark, it's feeling pretty good. Good. Generally speaking. <laughs> We're very fortunate to have family nearby. And so we've been able to have family members come and hang out with Ruby, uh, you know, three or four days out of the week. And so that is amazing for us because it means we're not really paying for childcare. Ruby gets to stay in the house with us while we're working from home. She never took a bottle. So that's really good for me. So I can still nurse her um, a couple of times, you know, throughout the work day. So it's been, it's been making sense. Yeah. Generally speaking. Good, good. And the thing is, is I, at least in my own experience, it's like right when I figure out what's working, then it changes because they change and their needs change. But back to what your incredible midwife told you, it's like, you have to be prepared for anything, that spontaneity mm. of life. Mm-hmm. And so it'll just continue. You know, as as a mom and a founder, you know, there's so many lessons we're learning in these two different roles. I constantly yeah. feel like I'm learning so much about patience and presence as a mother. And I find that I bring that into work now, which is really interesting because I mm. wasn't always that way. Like, are there things that you're learning in your role of being a mom now that you're bringing into your role as CEO of Gold? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think that just there's a level of perseverance through things that seem impossible that you think you've maxed out on as an entrepreneur. Like you think that you, 
Yes. You know the extent of that. I'm nodding vigorously. And then you experience motherhood and you can tap into even more of that. And so it's like a muscle that you keep building. Um, and so I do think it's made me a better leader, a stronger person, a more empathic person. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's amazing. It's interesting how motherhood also just is a mirror and it teaches us so much about ourselves. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited for you on this journey. You are truly such a delight to speak to. I am cheering you on and I can't wait to check in with you at the year mark and two year mark and see how your journey is going (laughs) and also trade notes as entrepreneur moms. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Before we wrap up, is there one piece of parting advice that's really helped you through these, through these early days? I would say that the biggest piece of advice that I always take with me um, through motherhood and entrepreneurship, honestly, is just remember to have fun with it and to laugh. You know, it's so easy for it to feel so serious and so heavy and for us to obsess in the spreadsheets about the schedules and, you know, how many times. Yes. You know, just letting go of that and enjoying that moment because it slips through your fingers. It does. Just more joy. That is beautiful. I'm covered in goosebumps now. This is (laughs) been. You're amazing. I've cried all the things. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Trinity, for sharing your journey and just trusting us to be a space for, for that. And thank you for all that you're doing with gold. We appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you, Alex. Such a pleasure. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in to Parallel Lives. Stay tuned for new episodes and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. If you like today's show, we'd be forever grateful if you take a moment to rate and review us. You can find us online at parallelhealth.com. That's P-E-R-E-L-E-L health.com. or on Instagram at Parallel Health. I'm Alex Taylor, and you've been listening to Parallel Lives. Thanks so much for tuning in. Today's episode was made possible by the company that I co-founded alongside my co-founder, Tori, and Dr. Bayati, which is Parallel. We are the first and only OBGYN-founded women's vitamin, offering targeted nutrition for each unique stage of the motherhood journey, from preconception through each individual trimester, because mom and baby need different nutrients to support them, and into postpartum. We created this product because we felt completely failed by the available options on the market. There was an opportunity to create more targeted nutrition for each of these stages. And so we turned to the nation's top doctors to formulate these products. So each product is meticulously formulated by our founding team of world-class doctors, which includes notable OBGYNs, widely published maternal fetal medicine doctors, award-winning endocrinologists in partnership with functional medicine doctors, naturopaths, nutritionists, and even doulas. It was so important for us to create a product that both Eastern and Western medicine doctors could agree on. 
I personally take them on multi-pack. I have a little one who's two years old and four years old, but we have incredible products for all the different stages. So for all of you listening, we are going to offer you a very exclusive 20% off your first month with code podcast 20. So head to parallelhealth.com. That's P-E-R-E-L-E-L health.com and use that code.